0: Research podcasts what you do, what you trying out listening for some shallow research wisdom.
1: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Shallow Research Podcast. I'm Christina and I'm here with my co-host, Laura, and we are both um, card-carrying PhDs interested to dip a toe into the shallower waters using our nerd powers of research, criticism, and analysis.
2: Yup, that's right. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm here from California, and Christina's joining us in Florida. So as co-hosts of this podcast, like Christina mentioned, uh, we're kind of putting our academic skills to more superficial use. (laughs) And this episode is going to have an overarching theme of listening. Um, So we're going to take a look at some good podcasts to hook up to your earbuds, uh, workout playlists, and then circle back around to some fitness apps that can also keep you moving.
1: So for this episode, our deep dive is into the world of podcasts. And I know you're thinking, I'm already listening to a podcast. Why would I need more recommendations? Mm -hmm. But we thought that if you find our podcast interesting, then you might find these podcasts that we picked out interesting as well.
2: Yeah, so we're getting a little bit meta right from the start. (laughs) Is it meta or meta? I probably say it the wrong way.
1: I always say meta.
2: We'll go with that, but let get ready for our deep dive, so let's jump in.
1: All right, let's dive in.
2: All right, everyone, so digging into these podcasts, uh, we have a few recommendations for you, and Christina's going to kick us off with more of a cultural take on the podcast genre. So, Christina, what should I be listening to?
1: Well, I was thinking about this, and my recommendations for podcasts are based on three criteria so that's you know so you can kind of take these recommendations and and think about those specific podcasts but also you know what you like about podcasts in general so i really like the way that a good podcast seems to invite you into a conversation mhm um, hopefully in the way that we're doing right now for our listeners. Of course,
2: everyone's <laughs> captivated by our back and forth. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, and there's a sort of intimacy to listening to these people in your earbuds. And so who do you invite into, you know, into your everyday life in the ways that you listen to podcasts? Um, and so my, my first group of recommendations um, are for those kinds of conversational podcasts, and probably my favorite for this is, is one that's, you know, for anyone who knows this is, you know, probably pretty, um, you know, they're pretty aware of this one, but I want to emphasize, um, I really like um, WTF with Mark Maron. And that's my favorite interview podcast. Um, he's currently recorded over 900 episodes. Um, you know, it became sort of, pop culture when he interviewed Barack Obama, when he was a sitting oh. president a few years ago. And what's interesting is that Mark Maron, he's a comedian um, mm. who talks to other comedians. He interviews actors. Um, I also like the way that he sort of gets and talks to musicians kind of almost um, from a, almost inside of their, um, inside of their world as well. Yeah. And, so I, I you know, I think what's interesting about it is Marin has specific things he always does in these interviews. Um, he always makes everyone talk about where they came from and how they got yeah. started, and he's obsessed. it almost seems like with who people were in high school <laughs> Fine. Um, all of our lives <laughs> yeah, exactly, so which I think is interesting because it it just takes someone like uh, Barack Obama or um You know, he's doing some other more recent interviews, um, even with uh, um, he replayed the one uh, about Robin Williams or with Robin Williams from the beginning of the podcast. It really takes these people who seem so distant at times, you know, because they're on a screen or they've reached great fame or success and brings them exactly down to the level of the average listener.
2: Right. It really humanizes them. And like everyone has that common thread of having experienced the wonder years of (laughs) ninth, (laughs) 12th grade. So I do like that about it, too. Um, Well, what about podcasts that have more to do with kind of your cultural or or film background? Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yes. I mean, my other podcasts in that vein are what I like are podcasts that deal with culture that tell me things that I don't already know. Or more importantly, show me things um, that I already know something about in a new light. Mm-hmm. Um, so, two of my favorites for that are Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is an NPR podcast, and it's been around for a
2: while, right?
1: Yeah, I actually began listening to it in the summer of two thousand and nine. Whoa, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like an. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like an OG podcast, um, and. It's hosted by Linda Holmes of Monkey C um, at NPR and includes um, critics like Glenn Weldon and Trey Graham. And it shifted its format recently. It used to be kind of a one-hour show where they would have segments. You I mean, not unlike another um, wonderful podcast, Shallow Research, where it had different segments. <laughs> um, <laughs> particularly one at the end called What's Making Me Happy, where they would talk about you know things that they were excited about that's yeah. not, too, not too different from our roundup segment. Um, now they do more bite-sized, 20-minute forms, um, but what I really like about uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour is that you get four smart people talking about what's happening this week in pop culture. They're professional critics um, um, for the most part, and so they often have access to things a little earlier than we yeah. do, so it's kind of like a advance notice on things but they also pick up on trends you know kind of yeah one, you know one of the most recent was an episode on jeopardy um and kind of the cultural relevance and continuing interest in jeopardy
2: <laughs> yeah i think they have sort of the inside track to give a heads up and with their new format perhaps it's a lesson to us that people don't <laughs> want to hear us for an hour but i so far no complaints from our listeners
1: <laughs> yep well, and then, I mean, but on the same case, um, you know, adhering more to the, the hour-long format or so is my other favorite uh, current pop culture uh, podcast called Still Processing. And that's a relatively new one. Just started in 2016. Huh. And they're currently in season two. they They're by, And it's by two New York Times writers, Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris. And... What I like about this podcast is that um, the two sort of play off of each other, and they often explicitly address how pop culture looks and feels from an African-American point of view. Oh, okay. And so um, they clued me into a really interesting reading of um, the recent horror film, A Quiet Place, which I will... I'm not going to spoil here. I'll sort of point um, our listeners to um, that episode of "Still Processing," which enriched my idea and my sort of thinking about that film really yeah. in a really interesting way.
2: All right, so if we check that one out, the, episode <laughs> of the Quiet Place is a good one to start.
1: Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it's
2: about movie-related stuff, because I know that's your forte.
1: Yep, so it's not surprising. I listen to a good number of movie or cinema-related podcasts, and I was thinking about my criteria for what what I like in a movie podcast, and either it introduces me to things about movies that I didn't already know, or I really like uh, movie podcasts that that almost gives me the experience of watching a movie just by listening to them talk about it. Um, so I actually got three that I'm currently listening to okay. Um the, the number one that I would recommend is um, it's called You Must Remember This. And it's made by uh, Karina Longworth, who's a, a film critic. Uh, she's a fellow NYU cinema studies grad. And if you want to hear kind of like one of the best produced um, creative nonfiction podcasts, yeah, this is the one. So she meticulously researches, writes, performs, and puts out themed podcasts on stories from the forgotten Hollywood of the last century. Oh well, no wonder so, this is up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole series of seven episodes on Charles Manson and his, you know, his effect on Hollywood in the '60s and '70s. Uh, most recently, the last season was on Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff and their careers and how they kind of intersected. And then this season is sort of the 1910s and 1920s Hollywood, so and a more academic yeah. take. Like she's getting deep into. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's sort of, but it's academic, but it's also performative. So mm-hmm. she will have um, uh, people come on and play the roles of these actors oh. and do their voices. So it's it's kind of more performative, I guess. Yeah. If Tom Wolf were producing a podcast about old Hollywood, this is what I might expect. <laughs> like there's kind of the people talking, you know, get their, you get their voices. And um, at one point, Ryan Johnson, who um, I believe he he just directed one of the star Wars movies. Um, I believe he did one of the voices on it as well. So you get kind of like guest stars um, who play other people as well.
2: And you said you also listen. You have a couple other ones.
1: Oh yeah. Um the other one is the Next Picture Show, which is just a I like this podcast they take a current movie and then they they do two episodes on it. The first episode is on a movie that they sort of think from the past, kind of partners nicely with it. So um so on uh you know the new film Isle of Dogs, uh, mm-hmm. they did a podcast episode on uh, um the film Chicken Run, and kind of pointed out, in, they sort of talked about Chicken Run in the first episode, and then the second episode was on Isle of Dogs, and kind of puts that other film into context. Right.
2: So they're pairing like wines with cheeses.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, but and I guess I guess the only issue is is that you can't listen to them both simultaneously and understand them, so you have to separate your wine and cheese.
2: <laughs> I see. There's like a first course and then like... Yes, a second course. Follow up. Okay. Yep. The other one was yep.
1: movies. Oh,
2: yeah. So have you heard about We Hate Movies? I've heard of it before. Yeah, this one's kind of fun. because They're like snarking on bad movies, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I've been listening to this one since I think summer of 2013 when a colleague of mine clued me into it. And um, I listened to an episode on... Um, on the film, the sort of cinematic genius film Steel, I believe, with uh, Shaq in a <laughs> kind of, and You had me I rem- <laughs> 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 Yep, and so uh, <laughs> there's, it's four guys uh, that they're all SUNY Purchase film grads, and they choose a bad movie, um, and they watch it, and then they record a podcast where they kind of rag on it for a while. And So that sort of is my ultimate sort of fun podcast because it combines all the things I love. You're invited into a conversation with these guys. There's a shared object that they're kind of telling you something more about. And they're often telling me new things, as well as often performing voices (laughs) of various characters. Um, And they're also really, you know, I think they have a lot of interesting things to say about these films. And they've chosen, in the vein of our podcast, some shallower texts than... uh, than you might <laughs> normally find on some other podcasts Last
2: version of like the Razzie awards. Isn't that what <laughs> <Yes.
1: talking?
2: laughs> the worst yep.
1: That's Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what about you? What, um, <laughs> well, you brought in some podcasts that, I'm uh, cool. yeah, I have a few
2: gems to share. Well, I'm a little embarrassed to share my recommendations. I feel like some of our listeners are going to lose a slight amount of respect for me because I, am really leaning heavily on the shallow <laughs> <theme> <laughs> of our podcast. <laughs> Um, But, you know, as I was doing some research for this episode, I came across a list that was like, refreshing podcasts to listen to that aren't about politics or murder in 2018. (laughs) And I think my (laughs) recommendations, like, fit into that genre. Nice. A lot of other podcasts are, you know about our kind of our political times and sort of this moment of crisis that we're in, or there are these like crime serials. So Mm -hmm. what I'm listening to is not that. (laughs) As evidenced um, by my first recommendation, which is the Babysitter's Club Club. So if the name Anne M. Martin rings a bell and you (laughs) see part of your childhood making your way um, through her prolific series um, of mediocre tween literature... (laughs) And you will enjoy this kind of adult parsing of uh, what the hosts call the canon, Um, because what it is, it's these two guys, one of whom actually read the books as a kid, like he read all of his sister's copies, and Mm. the other reading them for the first time, Um, and they treat it like a text for academic discourse, (laughs) Um, and they do a cultural critique of like each plot. So one guy is kind of like deep into this and kind of has more of an academic lens. And the other guy is more like, what's going on here? (laughs) Within the context of like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, But and they really unpack it. Um, So like there's an episode on Dawn and the Impossible 3. (laughs) The, you know wily babysitting charges but you know she's a new sitter that comes from California and we know that she's kind of weird and different because she tries to serve people tofu salad at a barbecue <laughs> and stuff anyway they get into that they find some like thinly veiled biblical themes so some of her theories are a little bit more on a limb but they're all fun um, and it does, though, feel a little like, you know, does this series really need to be parsed um, in the sense like it's like when you grow up a little bit and you start to see the world through more adult eyes. Sometimes you're like, you know, just put those rose colored glasses back on. Um, it's still humorous and fun enough that it's enjoyable. And I mean, this is pretty low stakes. You know, hopefully no one's childhood memories are too closely tied um, to this series of literature. So that's a fun one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know
1: what I love about that is that you get to go back yeah. to something and like half remember it. Like all these, there's a lot of great podcasts that basically just go through TV shows episode by episode. And you kind of, if you love that show, you want to go back and listen to that
2: podcast. Definitely. Yeah. So it is a throwback for sure. Um, and then my other, so my next recommendation mm-hmm. that goes even it's even more superficial. Um, it's called Bitch Sesh. Um, so it's actually hosted by Casey Wilson, who you might know from SNL, Happy Endings, various movies, mm. and her um, comic BFF Danielle Schneider. Um, and they really <laughs> dig into Bravo TV, mostly um, like cultural anthropologists. So you know they treat the Real Housewives like these kind of <laughs> research subjects, um, but they also find the humor absurdity in these shows. Um, And they have this um, revolving door of different personalities and guests that join them. So like Roxanne Gay was a recent guest. She was great. That would be a great episode to start with. Hmm. Um, But so to give you an example of (laughs) the type of content that they might be breaking down, you know, there's a Bravo show called Below Deck Mediterranean um, that has all kind of (laughs) upstairs downstairs thing going on with a crew that's taking this yacht around like Italy and Greece or Croatia out in the sea and the guests that come on board um, it's complete trash but it's really fun and light to watch if you're having a stressful day so they get into it with the different cast members and the yacht has a female captain who has to actually like keep this boat afloat um, just to give you a little further teaser, um, you know, for example, on the very first episode this season, um, one of the guests is just as an offhand remark, as they're being served dinner, is like, "I just hate peacocks. You can't even keep them." <laughs> so there's some great, like they they'll pull out a line like that, and they'll sort of laugh about it, and yeah, get into the dynamics of each show. So. Um, I recommend bitch sesh if you are like me and a little bit addicted to Bravo TV. As your (laughs) and then last but not least, um, Forever Thirty Five is a newer podcast that I've been checking out lately, and it has this self care theme. And so I think the title is a play off like Forever Twenty One, the clothing store that I'm told Mm. that the youth of America. (laughs) So instead of Forever Twenty One, it's like Forever Thirty Five. We've now reached the age that, you know, we're no longer buying, like, questionable clothing <laughs> in order <laughs> to, to make ourselves feel better. We're buying, like, face serums <laughs> to uh, help with the wrinkle situation. So, um, with this self-care theme, I mean, I've, I there's a piece of it that's sort of, like, a little bit on the end of just like sort of buying stuff to make yourself feel better, that I'm a little cautious of. Um, you know, self mm-hmm. concept has become really com- um, sort of a commodity. Um, so it's kind of layering on face creams literally and figuratively, <laughs> you know, on top <laughs> of problems. Um, although I certainly believe in putting on your own oxygen mask first and taking care of yourself. Um, so they'll cover everything from like bullet journaling to, um, you know, Korean spa products and stuff like that. Um, But they do get into this broader notion of nurturing your overall well-being. And they have a very servicey Facebook page connected to the podcast where people will post questions and, like, you'll get hundreds of recommendations. Um, So people will post stuff like, I need advice on, like, a better bedtime routine or getting more sleep or whatever it is that people feel they need to do to take care of themselves or coping with grief. I mean, it really has a broad purview. And it's interesting to see what people post, even as a lurker.
1: Oh, it's so nice it's like a, a community that you can look yeah. into yeah
2: even like regional ones forever 35 subgroup for parents like that kind of a thing so you can check that out both in podcast forum and via social media oh cool all right so let's um just summarize quickly so w 2 with mark marone pop culture happy hour still processing you must remember this the next picture show we hate movies the babysitters club club bitch sesh and forever 35 we have given you a lot of (laughs) listening so you're welcome um so i think that's it for our deep dive and now we're going to get into a new segment called the more you know all right so after our debut podcast uh last week christina we got some helpful user feedback suggestions requests um, and my friend, Christine, asked if we could perhaps do some actual research <laughs> into kind of trivial day-to-day topics, um, getting like the scientific take or you know the real academic take um, towards things like, why does chewing gum flavor not last very long? So because I am so accommodating and responsive <laughs> to all of our requests, we're gonna answer that very question today in our first The More You Know segment. Um, So each week, hopefully, we'll answer a question like this. Um, So here's the deal with chewing gum. There's basically only three parts. There's synthetic rubber, some sort of flavoring, and sugar. That's it. Um, And the sugar is really what enhances a relatively small amount of flavors to create, like, for example, a sweet mint taste. But here's the problem that we have not solved yet sugar dissolves faster than the flavor does. So once the sugar is all gone, the taste profile of the cinnamon or mint or whatever it is goes down with it. Um, so I did some deep diving into um, a book called "Micro Encapsulation in the Food Industry, you know, in all of my spare time. Wow. Um, to try to find out more about how people are trying to solve this issue. There's been all these efforts to encapsulate um the flavor of the sugar so it disperses more gradually but they're hampered by issues of texture um so you know they don't want to make sort of the flavor particles within the gum like too gritty or discordant so i know it seems like there's more work to be done in this area like all great research studies Mm. (laughs) it ends with like further exploration is needed. Um, but there you have it, Christine. So enjoy your gum for the one to two minutes (laughs) during which (laughs) you will taste its flavor. The more, you know,
1: all right. And so we come back from the break. We will, um, we'll get into our second segment where a guest knows what's best.
2: All right, everybody, it's time for our Guest Knows What's Best segment. And I'm very excited about our guest today, our friend Jane, who happens to be a musician, a workout queen, occasional Spartan racer, friggin' badass drummer in a legitimate band that just finished their summer tour, by the way. Um, fellow Blue Devil, she went to Duke with me and Christina. Cher enthusiast. Ah! <laughs> and now, honored to have her as an enthusiast of this podcast. So when she asked to join, we of course leaped at the chance.
1: And we asked Jane to be our personal DJ and combine her musical and fitness expertise to help us put together the perfect workout playlist. So she's taking us through sample songs that match each part of a workout, from warm up to motivating yourself through the tough parts. To the weights and the cool down segment.
2: All right, so I'm excited. I think there might be some actual dancing on our (laughs) (laughs) our first part. Um, Make sure to stretch. (laughs) Definitely. So, warm up if you're listening to this podcast um, and get ready for this. Again, a very servicey segment. I I feel like we're really just doing a service, not just to our listeners, but to the country at large (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Um, by bringing them this invaluable information. Um, and recommendations um, from Jane herself. So do you want to start with the first piece? How should we get our workouts started off?
3: Sure, absolutely. Um, that was an amazing intro. I'm so excited to be on with you guys. Um, yeah, so starting runs. I want to just say one thing real quick, which is that, um, you know, this is all in the end kind of individual, right? So all of these are just kind of, sure. sort of suggestions. And one thing that I noticed when I was kind of looking through my list is that some of these are a little bit older songs, kind of early '90s, right? Like best decade ever, um, early 2000s. Yeah. So, so my hope is that you know you'll get some ideas, but also maybe some songs you haven't thought about in a while um, that you could kind of throw into um, to the mix. Literally.
2: Sounds good. And I have been listening to her selections, like in preparation. <laughs> 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 you know, professional researcher that I am, and I have I have been dancing around our apartment. So,
1: Absolutely. and one can of the- we? And we can say that there's a Spotify playlist that's been created?
2: Yes. Um, so we'll remind you of this again at the end, but when we post the info about this podcast, we will be sure to also share the link to where we have full samples of all of the songs that Jane is going to mention on Spotify. So you can actually use this as you, you know, run or walk in my case, <laughs> or do whatever. <laughs>
3: awesome. And I'm so glad that you actually mentioned that you kind of started dancing, like listening to this, because one of the things to, I think, to think about is, um, The idea of kind of, you know, propulsion, distraction, and visualization, right? Like, sometimes you want yourself to be really moved forward. Sometimes you want to just be distracted from the pain. And sometimes the way to do that is to visualize yourself actually, like, you know, dancing or kind of at the club instead of, you know, sweating all over um, some, you know, cement floor somewhere. So we're going to talk about that. Um, But, okay, so starting runs. Let's do it. Okay. Let's let's start our run, everyone. Uh, So... You want to warm up. That's good. Pick a warm up song. Um, that's going to be individual. It's not quite as um, you know essential. I think um, you don't need really advice about a warm up song. Just make sure that you you warm up um, for starting runs. Though I think you want to pick something that's really kind of peppy and upbeat that just kind of gets you happy really quickly. Maybe something a little old school. Kind of reminds you of like your glory days. Uh, maybe a song you used to listen to to you know pump you up before your high school swim meets or something. Um, the three that I I've sort of for, as suggestions here are all actually from the 90s. Um, so Black or White by Michael Jackson. If you could read, oh, that. that's
2: a good one. Yeah. So,
3: um, if you could read My Mind, which is from the, uh like a club tune from the Studio 54 um, 1998 uh, movie soundtrack. And nice. then This is Your Night from 1996. I think um, that's
2: the one I was dancing to. Okay, check me Yes, back. Amber. Yeah. <laughs> Early days. And I, I will also say when Jane emailed me kind of about this concept, she used the word glow sticking as a verb several times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> email.
2: So I, yes. it took me to that place. Yes. Um, so should we play our first little sample?
3: That would be awesome. Yes. Okay. So this is about 20 seconds.
2: of it. All right. So this is going to be This Is Your Night by Amber. Yes.
3: <laughs> first name only.
2: <laughs> of course. No last name needed. Uh, <laughs>
3: This has a little bit of an intro, but I'm going to start at about 20, 20 seconds.
2: We've gotten into our groove, so I like <laughs> you've titled this next section, Getting Into and or Maintaining Your Groove. <laughs> whether or not Amber gets you there.
1: <laughs> I would like to pause and say, like, this is for workout playlists, but this also sounds like just good advice for life.
2: <laughs>
3: exactly. Absolutely. There are multiple <laughs> players here. Yes. yes. Absolutely. This is only but a starting point, yes.
2: All right. So once we've gotten going, what should we be listening yeah, so to? So once
3: we get going, so then we have, you know, so I think this could either be, you know, uh, kind of establishing a pace, kind of just locking into, you know, get making some of the miles go by. Right. And this could be earlier in the run or also if it's a much longer run, maybe later kind of after some hills. Um, I think this, this, these songs are good for, you know, mostly kind of flat, um, longer sections. Um, so you want, I think for this this part mm-hmm. of the run, um, something that still isn't too fast, and that's something actually I forgot to mention about the starting song. You don't want something so fast that you get you blow all your energy like early, sure. um, and you also don't want to use those like amazing, amazing, amazing songs that will really give you that kind of shot in the arm that you need later. Don't don't have those first. right. So like, you're, you're just you've those.
2: just taken to the dance floor. You're not yet exactly. like crawling around
3: the <laughs> Exactly. The pole and the glow stick game will go together. They will. Right. They will, yes. um, so so for these couple of songs, um, we've got a couple different genres um, loosely, kind of hip hop, pop, and dance. These are all from the uh, kind of middle 2000s so far. Um, and they are all a little bit longer songs. They're kind of mid-tempo. They all have really good beats. So you kind of get lost in them, but it's not too fast or, or edgy. And there's a really good... Um, kind of base woofer effect in all of them. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're visualizing, kind of like propelling you kind of the heartbeat as you just kind of make some of these miles nice. go by. Um, so the three recommendations I have here are Empire State of Mind, which is Jay-Z and Alicia Keys from 2009. Such a favorite. Okay. Um, replay, so one of our out here local girls by Zendaya from 2013. Um, and then this song that came out in 2013 that I, I just rediscovered and have been listening to on repeat, um... A lot because I just can't get over. But it's called "Everything Is Embarrassing." It's Sky Fer-
2: Ferrera, I
3: think it's how do you pronounce yep, the last
2: name? that thing? works. Um, no, this was the song that when I previewed the playlist, I was I also have already repeated it many <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs>
3: nice, okay. isn't yeah. it? It just so for for the middle of like a longer run, or I've just been using it on kind of boring, short, just training runs around town. I literally just hit repeat on it because nice. I just get okay. This so
2: we're gonna hear a little bit of that. So this is Everything's Embarrassing by Sky Ferreira, we think. An easy to follow just keeps you kind of through this pe- this part where like you're not quite peaking yet.
3: Exactly. This would not. I would not necessarily put this on like a hill or at the very end, but I think it can just make the time you know pass by.
2: Nice. All right. So speaking of hills, <laughs> that sounds like a terrible idea. But
3: <laughs> should we encounter a hill? Yes. What should we do? Okay. You, so this is where, you know, this is why I think the order of songs really matters because these couple of songs, like, you need something that's going to really help you dig deep, dig in, um, you know, these are kind of the badass songs, like, stare down the enemy, like, hold your ground, don't give up, you know, you're going to need something different here, right. um, and so we're going back to the 90s. Um, and we're gonna hang out with some guys. All of these are are male singers. Um, We've got three genres here. Um, um, Let's see, in order, kind of um, sort of dance, hip hop, industrial kind of, some alternative, and then some sort of more like hard rock metal. And all of these are a little bit slower tempo. They have huge, like pulse boom kind of um, uh, bass things going. They're a little thrashier. And the other thing is that all have these, each one of them has kind of weird sounds, like either industrial clanking. Mm. One of them has this sort of hydraulic lift sound that I actually think you can, it's almost like those paddles that, like, bring you back to like, you know, like right. kind of sounds like that. It's the um,
2: defibrillator of songs. It is
3: <laughs> exactly musical. That. Yes, it's exactly that. And they oh, also it. all have some interesting like changes in them, even though they're longer songs. And I think that's kind of key
2: to, yeah. um, so this is where, like, you've been knocked out, but you're getting up again. You're rocky running yeah. up the steps. Yes. You're kind of, like, pushing yeah, yourself. Yeah, pushing,
3: here. and you're, okay. you're calling for some reinforcements, right? Because hills can be really hard, especially if they're long and in the middle of the run. So you just need something to kind of grab onto, and just, it's, it's grittier,
2: mm, right? Okay, so we're going to dig in deep. So you've got Diesel Power by Prodigy.
3: Yes. Um, Diesel Powered by Prodigy, and Prodigy's known for kind of these um, almost like sort of harder, dancier songs um, with the, the British guy with the crazy hair. This one actually is a lesser known song. It's from that same Fat of the Land album, but um, it's a different guy singing, and there's actually some kind of hip-hop stuff that comes in later. So um, it's the
2: B-side of the track. It's the
3: B-side, yeah. Um, we're just gonna listen to the beginning of that, and then the other, um, the other two, "Super Bon Bon" by Soul Coughing. So we'll check that out too. Um, and that is a great one. I think it just has a lot of weird sounds, a, a really pulsy beat. It's just kind of an odd song, but it's gritty and it's got a great um, pulse to it. Um, and then the other two, and we're gonna listen to these, but um, Alice in Chains off the Dirt album from 1990, there's nice. "Man in the Box" and then "Them Bones." And so I'm recommending both of these. Um, one of them, "Man in the Box," is a lot slower. Um Dan Bones has a great, you know, just shredding guitar solo in there. They're just they're heavy but they're good musically and and you just kinda can get like angry and happy at the same time listening to them. <laughs> so, you know, if you're like stuck in the mud like, emotional. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> Is that called angrappy? I don't it's
3: I think it should be. All
2: right. I love how you put some and James in here, but let's listen to the diesel power as a little sample first.
3: Yes. So here's the, this is the first 30 seconds. It's before the kind of hip hop stuff comes in, but you'll hear um, what I think is this hydraulic lift thing right off the bat.
2: They there. just would hand it to you. Yes. Yeah. And then super bonbon. Yes. I, that's a fun one. i enjoyed that one yeah. Give us a little taste of super and
3: bonbon. And they give you um, a little taste kind of in the middle when it really gets going. This has a great layer to it, which I think is good, too, for distraction. But this is kind of um, about 30 seconds, about a minute in. Some kind of firm. Some kind of moving. Talking about is the other thing, so it's confusing and weird. So that <laughs> that, that along these like little clanging sounds, I think would be very distracting and motivating. Right, so you need to fill that. Yeah. Gap Distractivation states. is that what it would be, Christina? Distractivation. That works.
2: That sounds good. I like it. So, I'm just going to read um, the title that you gave to the next section of the workout out loud. All right, or third lap, you need a little boost. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. You need to feel awesome. You can't see quite see the end yet. What is the purpose of life? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: On the catwalk. looking fabulous. and taking names. I love it. Right.
3: In this section, what are we transitioning into? Well, this is where it all goes off the rails. No. So, so this is the thing, you know, this is kind of, this is not the very end, um, but, you know, probably most things are behind you, but but you can't quite see the end yet. So you're in this space, you're probably just very tired, you're very gross, you know, you're you're just kind of like, why am I here? You know, why did I decide to do this? And you need a little bit of boost. Um, and this is where I think it's time to just get fun and and go back to those glow-sticking days where you can... Um, maybe you're hearing from an art. I mean, I'm not going to give you my examples, obviously, but like, you know, you're you're hearing from an uh, an artist who you know takes you back to when you were just all that, or maybe you're still that now, which was us. Of as you are. Of course, well, we all are, Laura. Yes, yes. Um, uh, so you know, um, and you know, maybe this is kind of like a sexier song. Like it's got a great beat. It kind of makes you feel confident. Um, you can kind of visualize yourself while you're running instead of running. Like maybe you're you know in the cage on this catwalk. You've got your glow sticks. Um, you're being sort of um, you know, seduced by the song or it's making you feel like you're ready for, I don't know, there's some, this is a good combination, I think, and you also want um, a great beat um, and and something that's just going to kind of distract you, make you smile and just make you kind of strut while you run, if that's even possible. Don't try this at home.
2: Yes, we're not going to give a live demonstration. Unfortunately, this podcast does not have a visual element. Thank you for that. No, for better no. or for worse. Yeah. But, um, you know, our neighbors in our Mountain View studio may be treated <laughs> <laughs> to some interesting visuals as we start. The late, the late, late show. Yes, the after show. Um, okay, so first one.
3: Yes, so um, so all of these are kind of uh, mid to late you know, 2000s-ish, what we've had of them so far. Um, so Beauty and a Beat. We're going to throw some Justin Bieber in here, along with Nicki Minaj. Yeah, wow. the Beats and Minaj. And, you know, this is just, this is a great song. It's all about just kind of rocking it out on the dance floor. There's great transition in it. In, in it, It's peppy. Um, I put this song with, with the Biebs in that sort of soaring b- female vocals category because he still <laughs> <laughs> like, has a little bit
1: of that. I mean, this was yeah, yeah 2012. Was,
3: yeah, that's like stop, peak beaver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then also uh, "Feel Your Love" by Kim Sozzi's great dance tune. Dance tune from 2009. Um, "Cool for the Summer" Debbie Nummy Lovato is a great song. Um, you know, all of these have in common. Okay, they're dancey. They're these. They are. You know, they're female singers, soaring female vocals over really great beats, and they're just fun kind of hot songs. Um,
2: All right. Well, we're going to sample Feel Your Love.
0: That's the Kim Sozi song. Yes. So give us a piece of that.
3: Like I'm not running right now, and I just like (laughs) want to go because I can just run with my glow
2: sticks. (laughs) I did, I did. That was a good selection. So yes, I mean this is where like you're really you're like all right, I'm kind of towards the end, Mm -hmm. but not quite like you said at the very end yet. And you just need to visualize yourself in some sort of empowering moment. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. So what do you do when the glow sticks start to dim, and you need to get to the end?
3: Yes.
2: This so you're is finally there.
3: Yes. Yeah. This is where you go for your last life. This is where you go for the songs you have saved for this exact moment that have a kind of I'm realizing this actually right now in the moment. This combined effect of many of the attributes of kind of the the other things that we've had in these other parts of the runs which is we have, you know, the the vocals that you can latch onto a heavier beat that's also pretty fast and also a lot of like complexity to just kind of distract you and just have lots of sound going on. Um, So these three are ones, you need them to be loud, you need them to be layered, Mm. inspiring, gritty, singable, you know, all of these things um, that you, and you want to save them for the end.
2: And so you said avoid at this point, like a really long, you know, 10 minute club mix, too much repetition. (laughs) Not enough propulsion.
3: Yes, exactly. Because I think we think, like, oh, you know, these dancing songs. Because there's great, you know, eight-minute-long remixes of things. But a lot of times in those, it's just two minutes of this little beat, which when you're in the club just grooving around, that's fine. But if you need, like, this is, you need help with your emotional state right now. This is, like, and and, and your (laughs) body, like, you need to sort of, it needs to become sort of part of your body, like, pushing you. All right. So there needs to be more layers So
2: the motivational coach and therapist of songs, you first have... Lonely One. Yes. By Alice DJ.
3: Yes. A great loud layered fun tune. Um, and then uh that's kind of the most kind of standard one, I think. And then She Wolf, which is David Getta featuring Sia from 2011
2: Sia, I love oh, her.
3: Yes. Yeah, and this is this is just it is a it's a kind of a har, it's a harsh, dancy song. It's got it's you know, she's almost a little bit angry in it, but I think that's good. It's got a little bit of a lead-in. That you kind of just have to get through, but um, but it's it's pounding and soaring, and you can just crank it, and it'll it'll help you out. Um, and then Panic Switch, um, Silver Sun pickups, a great song from two thousand nine. This one too, and I have a very distinct memory of being in the last two miles of a half marathon. I had not trained well for at all. Listening to this like five times in a row. So this song saved you. It's absolutely
2: (laughs) great. So we're gonna really kind of bring these samples together. So give us your little end workout mix. So lonely one followed by she wolf and then panic switch. So give us these little pieces.
3: Okay. Here we go. So it's got everything. It's got the pulse. It's got the shift. It's got the really, really repetitive lyrics. Um, you can just crank that up, and you got four four minutes free there. Basically. I
2: like how you're breaking this down, but like my <laughs> synopsis of it is like, oh, this made me want to move. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you
3: need. I mean, in the end, that's really all you need. So she wolf. Uh, Okay, she wolf. All right, so this is 30 seconds in, um, and I think this is a little clip that kind of gets from from the end of the intro into when it really comes sort of pounding down. What do you see? Nice. And then let's close it out with Panic Switch. Yes. So for Panic Switch, if, if, if I may, I'd love to play the first 10 seconds and then like 30 seconds after it really gets going. Okay, so Panic Switch, here's how it starts. So like it's got, it's got the beat, it's got a great bass line. You can see it's, it's going to be sort of building throughout and also kind of has a little bit of those kind of weird songs like from the hill mm-hmm. section. Um, and then this, this has so much going on before 4 minutes and 44 seconds, but I want to move to 4 minutes and 44 seconds um, to just show you how when it's just completely all in here. Uh, this was so fun. Okay, so here's our last clip. It's about 30 seconds towards the end of the Panic Switch to bring you home. And I want to just point out that one little thing that just happened with that little extra story thing over the top at the end there. The song is full of that. Like you think you kind of have it all figured out and then there's all these extra little things that happen. So that's what got me across the finish That's line. Wonderful.
2: Well, again, our listeners are going to um, get this extra bonus of having the Spotify playlist of all of these songs and a few other bonus tracks in full. Um, so now that we're to the cool-down section of our workout, um, first, I'll, I'll give you the chance to set, put in a few closing thoughts, words of wisdom. Um, but then in the background, we're going to have Adore You by uh-huh. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <She's> identified. <laughs> As one of your cool-down faves, I think this is when she was past her, like, tongue-sticking-out phase, yeah. but right around Wrecking Ball, another classic. Exactly. <laughs> so, I agree with Myra Cyrus. Let's get that started as we close out
3: <laughs> this gold-standard segment.
0: <laughs>
2: I
3: mean, doesn't this just make you want to just kind of chill? Uh, so, yeah. So And one thing real quick before the cool-down is, is, you know, if... During any of these other sections, right? If you're not feeling it during the run, you can—use a little run pun here. You can go off course, right? Like you can, <laughs> it repeat, or you can, you know, swipe left and skip something. You know, it doesn't have to be the same every time. You have that that power. Um, but yeah, so I think for for the cool down um, phase here, you you want to pick a song or a couple songs that first of all, you like enough to keep listening to them because a lot of times the, the cool down, you just kind of want to skip it and, mm-hmm. you know, go for the Gatorade and all that. So, um, something that is, um, you know, appealing enough to you that you're actually going to keep listening and something that's, that's mellow and might actually also encourage you to kind of stretch and, and even take some time to kind of like reflect on how awesome it was that you just, you know, did this awesome thing, um, and how kept awesome going. you are, you exactly.
2: know, by extension,
3: of course, yeah. you know, that chorus, right? um, and then I think, you know, once once you have picked some of these songs, then you can figure out, like, you know, you can make different playlists for different lengths of runs, different types of runs. You can have one for a half hour. You can have one for a two-hour two that's got hills. Um, and then just kind of adjust. And And I love Spotify. I think it's great for learning new music. Um, it's going to be awesome as, a, as kind of a bonus track for this this podcast situation, for sure. I also, you know, I'm, I'm a child of the, of the mixtape era. Right? And I think there's really something yeah. fun to be, to really kind of um, curate in the in the order that 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 you think is best for
2: you. I feel like a mixtape or some sort of mixed playlist is still one of the best gifts that you can get. So you have gifts. <laughs> <off today>. Yay! <laughs> Also, because we are a professional podcast, as Miley takes us away yes. um, from this segment, I also want to give you the opportunity to give a plug for your real life band, which we should add a track of to, oh. the, to the playlist <laughs> for the slack tide current. Yeah, slack tide current. So I googled because again research skills here um what slack water is and i love this definition that it's a short period in a body of tidal water when the water is completely unstressed so your band has a very chill (laughs) vibe, like they're in that moment of just unwinding for the weekend is what i think of your your band's vibe as so where can we hear slack Tide Currents music and keep track of all your happenings. Awesome.
3: Thank you for that. So we are, um, we, are we are on Spotify. Um, also we are on um, our website uh, www.slacktidecurrents.com There's a section um, just called music on there and all of our stuff is, is downloadable. And that's also where you can find um, you know where we're where we're playing, learn a little bit more about this.
2: All right. Well, I have personally been to your gigs and Abby. <laughs> And our friend, Kristen's daughter, Annika, are, like, your biggest groupies. So <laughs> definitely check that out as well. Um, we want to end with another fun question, too. So you're um, on board with the Slack-Tide Currents. Um, but you know how people are always like, oh, that makes such a great band name. So if you could have a different band name or rename your band, anything. Like, what's, like, always been, you know, your burning desire? Like, Jane and the Sack Kittens or something? <laughs> What's like your secret desire
3: for a band name? Um, okay, this is an amazing question, and we actually the band keeps a running list of like band names that we think of, um, oh, I and and, uh, and so we have so many. But the, the two that are coming to me right now that make no sense, but I love them. Um, one is uh, General So's omelet. <laughs> <laughs> I would listen
2: to that. Yes, I love
3: Chinese food. Um, <laughs> And the other one that I think uh, would be great for just a really awful band, which is not slack tide currents, um, is back sweat. back sweat. Back
1: sweat. It sounds that sounds like a band that you would have here in Florida.
2: <laughs> it definitely sounds like a band exactly. of like sweaty old men, middle aged <laughs> men who like practice in the garage. few um, fans of Parks and Recreation. Parks and Recreation. Like Andy had his bands. This is a TV show. Where one yeah. of the characters. He had a band called Mouse Rat, but they were constantly nice. renaming themselves all kinds of, like, terrible things. <laughs> um, ah. <laughs> so, thank you for indulging us. We also want to quickly mention a couple other recommendations if you're looking to kind of keep your workout in pace. Of course, there's an app for that. <laughs> so, um, Rock My Run, um, where the music will actually, like, adjust to your steps and your heart rate, which is pretty cool. Wow. So it's like a, I don't know, some sort of sliding playlist, you know, so it'll... It'll modify itself to fit you. Pace DJ, um, That's it'll find you new music, um, so it's not drawing from your playlist, but um, that'll have, like, the right beats per minute, so you kind of pick a pace. Am I a beginning runner? You know, what's mm. my tempo? And then Fit Radio does a lot of the same things, but it combines these DJ mixes with, like, coaching and encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> so much like our segment today, you know, just picture like these little song samples interspersed with someone being like, you can do it. Hey, DJ Fit Radio, you might want to check out if you're looking for other ways to come kind of liven up your, your workout playlist. But I mean, now that Jane has equipped you with all of this, <laughs> you're ready. Um, so thanks again being for, our, for being our guest that knows
3: best. Thank you. It was an honor and a pleasure.
1: So this is our final segment called the Roundup. In this, we go through some recommendations that we have of things that we're finding interesting and useful um, during this past week. And this week are, since we have a kind of um, fitness and listening um, uh, theme going, maybe you can listen to us talk about some fitness apps and devices and kind of talk about what those mean to us and what we think about them.
2: So, Christina, I know that you have an Apple Watch, and you're kind of super into tracking biometrics, so can you just tell us first, like, what you use and why you like it?
1: Uh, well, I, so I first got into using um, sort of the fitness devices and apps about four years ago, and I first, I just got a regular, one of the sort of Fitbit flexes back then that just tracks steps, and back- I've used is
2: when it was a mirror pedometer. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah Um, I think it also it you know it also had kind of uh, you know the app would let you know okay you've taken this many steps but yeah it was just it was just a Bluetooth pedometer back then and the you could link what I liked is that you could link what you did to from the you know in terms of steps it would you could connect that to other apps that would then connect that to things like Diet tracking or tracking how much water you were drinking, so you kind of had like a ecosystem. So, you, pedometers have you know existed for a long time, but I think what what draws me into the Fitbit, and then I you know I got um, through my healthcare provider, I got a, a higher level Fitbit that tracked my heart rate, um, and and then this year I decided to to see what the Apple Watch could do, but you know kind of like tracking all these things, making it a little easier. And then being able to check in, you know, with you know what what you've been doing and where you're at. Um, yeah. So yeah. So
2: what's the um, what's the benefit of linking it all through the Apple Watch? Is it just that it syncs it all? It's like, you know, right there on your wrist, kind of reminding you.
1: Well, the what I like about the Apple Watch is it just has a little more functionality. It's actually, you know, if you were think, if you just wanted fitness tracking, you don't need an Apple Watch. Like that's not its. It, it does that, but. There are mm-hmm. other devices that do fitness tracking and that's all they do. And therefore if you just need that. But I liked that I could, um, I could check in with other apps at the same time and the interface, once you learn it is a little easier for doing different things. Like I like I actually do a lot of like, um, time tracking with it and it's easier than finding your phone to do the time tracking. You're like, Oh, it's just on my wrist. I'll do this. Um, yeah, and you know it was kind of fun. I always had this dream of being Dick Tracy to just make a phone call <laughs> on my wrist That's right. That's right. podcast episode solely from your wrist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and just you know, um, you can get all the all the good and bad of sonically from that. <laughs> um, so well, yeah, the so the you know it really doesn't matter. I think what device you choose. Um, I just moved to the Apple Watch because I kind of hit a plateau with, um, with one level of Fitbit. And I said, well, either I get the higher level one or I get an Apple watch and sort of involved in the Apple ecosystem. So I thought, let me go with this and see what it's like. Um, so treat yourself (laughs) indeed. (laughs) Um, and, but the real place that sort of keeps all these things together for me is the, the tried and true, my fitness pal. And I know you've heard of this one and many people have heard of it because it was recently hacked (laughs) in March
2: (laughs) I think now Russia is probably just using all of our, like, fitness data to better inform them (laughs) about our weaknesses. They're probably like, we'll just let these people die of obesity (laughs) and just give it, like, 15 years. We don't even need to mount (laughs) military budget or (laughs) military undertaking Um, or, like, funding Jared
1: Brownies (laughs) or something. (laughs) Which I know the exact calorie count of because of my Fitness Pal. So there you go; it all comes back. <laughs> um, and you know, for I guess if I were describing My Fitness Pal, it's a free app, um, and you can link it to your other devices, and it lets you um, it lets you input what you've eaten, um, and it also you know it's, you know so it can it holds all that data. And when I first got into this, I really liked the idea that you could. You know, because you could track what you're doing fitness wise, but if you weren't paying attention to like what you were intaking, then you really had no sense of how those two things interfaced. But I kind of yeah. like the way that once you've tracked in a workout and it's like, you know, MyFitnessPal will work with other apps that I can talk about too, like Matt My Fitness and, things, and, and Strava and RunKeeper. And it will kind of give you like a calorie, um, uh, you know... Um, bonus. So we'll say, okay, you worked out. This is how much we assess that to be. And therefore, we're going to add that to whatever your goal was for the day. And so if you're like me and you're like, oh, that that's like a, a thing I can actually see and understand, it'll just, you know, at times will make you think, well, I'm already in a good spot with what my goals were. Let's not have that fifth brownie.
2: But <laughs> <laughs> the first four were all good as long as you run. I think you're good. Yep. Well, I mean, I so when we started talking about this, like I'm a little less into the tracking and app thing because I ultimately find like it's just like another thing to manage. Yeah. But, you know, I question whether it's really motivating. And so, but I'm curious to know like which ones are the most effective to really disciplining people to to, you know, do what you're supposed to do, which is like eat better, eat less, move more. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, in the terms of behavioral science behind it, um, So, I have a quote that I'm going to read from an on-name source because apparently my research did not include (laughs) (laughs) where I got this from. But it was talking about these fitness apps exploiting society's move towards the quantified self or the ability to self-monitor, self-sense, self-track aspects of our daily lives. They also make use of gamification, um, you know, sort of making it into like a little contest, even if you're just sort of having that that contest with yourself. So, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think that. I think that's exactly what, you know, what draws me into it. I actually have two things that I, um, that I, you know, can put into this conversation that I think will allow people to understand who would be motivated by these things. Because I agree, it's once you start tracking these things, what you'll do, and I found is what I'm doing is, I'll, you'll spend a little more money to make the tracking more seamless, so it's less like work. Um, mm. So. That's why I've sort of like moved up to the Apple watch. I'm like, oh, this brings more things. It just makes it easier to bring everything yeah. together. So I have to do less. I can just sort of more seamlessly keep track of these things. But there was a, um, a New Yorker article, probably 2014, um, when I read it at least. And it was a creative nonfiction piece, um, by, um, uh, David Sedaris about his oh. use of the Fitbit and He describes, okay, you know, I started walking and I got 10,000 steps and he, you know, he's gotten a, like a, you know, a a sort of um, an order from the British government that has, (laughs) you know, because of his work picking up trash, that's how much he walks. He picks up, he walks all the time and he picks up trash and he got like an award from the British government for this. Oh my God. And so in this piece, he's describing how, you know, putting on the Fitbit as part of his daily walks, you know, he was like, yes, now I was doing 20,000 steps and then this, and then he's like, and then it was 60,000. And he, then it sort of, the piece ended with him saying like, I'll know, I know I'll never stop until I've worn my feet down to like the ankle nubs. (laughs) And, and I remember reading that. And instead of being horrified, I was like, I'm gonna get one of those Fitbits. That sounds <laughs> like I'm gonna be recognized by the British stuff. In it. <laughs> no, I think I was just like, oh, you can finally know how much you're doing. Uh, right. You know, I you know, and like you're, and he was, he was clearly like just p- motivating himself the whole time. And I was like, that's all you need is the metrics. And Maybe, like
2: a weaker, disciplined person or something. But I think for me, it always feels like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take control of this situation. Yeah, you know, but investing all this energy into tracking what I do. And then it's like focusing more on that than actually just
1: exercising. Yeah. Or just live. You're like, when am I just living? Like, when does this become just a habit? And I think that's really what you're aiming towards, right? Is the quantified self is just another way of building habits. And there's, you know, the discussion of how long does it take to build the habit of exercising? So what do you need to get yourself into a habit. So actually the other thing that really motivated me is there used to be an app and it ended last summer. And I was a little bit adrift after this service ended. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about it before. It was an app called packed and it first was called gym packed. And then it was called just packed. And the app was essentially organized around the psychological principle that we are more motivated by negative um, uh, outcomes than ultimately by positive ones. And so this app would have you make a pact for how many times you would work out each week or how many times you would track food and it would link to Fitbit or it would link to my Fitness Pal. Mm. And let's say you did, you said, like okay, I'm going to do it four days a week. And you were like, I'm going to hit 10,000 steps four days a week. Well, you can't really cheat on that. You can't like you know, right. cheat on getting that You gotta just do it. Like you know, unless you find like a, a small child or a dog to put your Fitbit on and let them run around. <laughs> but um, uh, and and if not you, that you've ever done that, no, I, I actually have not. But like my niece and nephew really are interested. They like to come over to me and say, "Can I track my heart rate?" And I'll give them like whatever whatever device it is, and they'll, they'll look at that their heart rate. Sad. But it um
2: goal you would get paid out or something right yeah
1: you would so it was so you the payout the positive was super small like if you did all your things you might get like 25 cents or a dollar that week you know like 20 like 10 cents or like 25 cents for each day that you hit your goal but if you didn't hit it you had to pay them five dollars for every day you missed oh man so there were so many there was like a, a number of times where I was like okay I'm not, I'm like, it's 7,000 steps. I could sit on this couch, but I'm going to company $5 if I don't do it. And it was like a great motivator. And at one point, I think I had made like a hundred dollars or I think at the end I'd made $150, you know, from this, you know, from this app, which paid, which paid for my Fitbit, (laughs) but it took like two years or three years to get that much money out of it. And I think I only paid them five or ten dollars total over the course of three or four years, which is obviously why this company no longer exists, because the people who would lose money would just quit. (laughs) And the people who are going to get who wanted to hit that would stay in. So I think that's the question of like, is it um, uh, how do you kind of lock yourself into a situation where you go, I want to make this a habit? am I motivated as much by negative repercussions that I have to kind of understand and see, you know, as opposed to just sort of feeling unhealthy or various things or positive ones, or is it a combination of the two? Yeah, I don't know. I mean,
2: there is a lot of research on how just like the act of tracking and keeping food diaries and things does lead to better outcomes. But a lot of times it's like, so it has to do with, um, it's like that in combination with some kind of ease of use, right? Like you can't yes. be too difficult. De- for people to try to figure out, like, how many calories are in an apple or something. Um, And also, like, some aspect of personalization or, like, supplemental coaching to help support it. So, like, the most effective thing you can do is sort of have a way of keeping track, but then have some sort of, like, motivation or encouragement, whether that be some kind of virtual system or, like, reward system, you know, or someone who you're actually touching base with. So that's where the research falls. Yeah, and I think
1: it's, like, if you're in, if you're, you can join these um, different communities where you can compete against other people or other people can cheer each other on. I know you were briefly part of Fitbit, and there was, like, an option on that app to cheer each other on. So I was, like, yeah, you got five to 500 steps. I'm, like, go for it. I did, like, that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I dropped out of that. (laughs) That It was not enough. (laughs) Could not provide.
2: (laughs) It's helpful, but... but I mean also like from the behavioral psych point of things you know so digging into it a little bit um like I think you're right about sort of the balance between consequence and reward because I was reading this article um about how like you don't want tracking your calories or something to feel like a punishment or an obligation or something you feel like you have to do because you feel like so guilty about you know eating all those brownies or whatever so you want there to be like some element of like reward or connection or like some element of choice where you feel like I'm sort of in control of myself now, (laughs) you know, rather than just doing something like, because it's good for you.
1: Yeah. And there's a kind of mindfulness. I mean, so it says quantified, but I think what's interesting is there is, there is some overlap even though it seems like it wouldn't with a kind of mindful Mm -hmm. mindfulness about what you're doing with your time What are you eating? Um, I mean, there's a rise now in sort of mindfulness apps and, you know, things like Headspace and stuff like that, and that almost seemed to have risen up as a response to people feeling like everything is quantified Mm -hmm. every, you know, every hour of their life or various things like that, you know, and so therefore we now have apps that tell us that, you know, take time to just be in the moment. (laughs) And, and I'll tell you this, you know, the Apple watch has an app like that as well called breathe and it comes on and it uses haptic sensors to help you slow your heart rate through breathing uh, algorithms. And, and I actually, you know, I, I don't, I don't seek out that app as much um and it's i think it. it it exists and i think it um it sort of interestingly i don't know if it's something i have to opt into but i think it does pop up if it senses that your heart rate is higher than usual
2: it's <laughs> like you might be having a panic attack right now like yeah they're like oh
1: you seem a little stressed
2: here you go <laughs> Like, calm is the other big one. That's more meditation-focused. I, mm-hmm. I hate meditation, to be honest. I get stressed about whether I'm, like, doing it correctly. <laughs> I clearly am. <laughs> of meditation. But there's also one called Happify, and I actually haven't checked that out, but that has more of, like, an overall well-being kind of feel that incorporates some of what yeah. this, that you're talking about. But you also use, so to, like, keep yourself motivated, you use something called Streaks now, right? I do. I just
1: started, because um, what I'll do is, I will get into a certain kick and I have been searching for something ever since pact ended to kind of be the, 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 like the home base for where I track things and streaks. It's like a, it's a paid app. I think it was like three or $4. And you just set up things that you want to do either each day or a certain interval. And You know, it has a screen that you go on and it also has an Apple Watch app and you can link it to your Apple Watch or your Fitbit. So you could say, I want to, you know, I want to hit 10,000 steps every day Mm -hmm. and it will automatically pull that data. And then um, kind of you'll see how long the streak is. So you'll hit it and the motivation is there's no negative uh, repercussion except that you're like, oh, I broke the streak. And I actually think the best part about it is if you do break the streak is then to say, okay, well, I broke it. Let me start again. <laughs> Let's like reset. Yeah. Like- and it's, it's simple as that. But it, I do like the fact that it draws that information, especially the health information, it draws it automatically so you can't cheat. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I know there's like, there's so many different apps out there. Um, that sounds like a good one for mm-hmm. just like, consistency with day-to-day goals yeah. so we just quickly run through some of the other ones that we've tried or heard of so you mentioned Strava mm-hmm. um, that one's like connected to Garmin that has like some sort of leaderboard mm-hmm. competitive aspect to it and then for just tracking routes and a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with like map my fitness map mm-hmm. my, my run so if you use those different ones for like different types of activities so
1: I I'm not a runner so I have but I am a, a committed walker now. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, I looked at Strava and also run keeper, which is also kind of a popular one for running. The Strava one didn't motivate me because it really is oriented in, in my feeling. It felt like it was more oriented towards runners. So if you're not, it didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I was on a board that ah. could even compete <laughs> with people who are running like 10 miles a day. Um, and, and the Strava is sort of within the Garmin uh, ecosystem. Yep. So that was a little separate, although it just works with your phone, so it's no big deal. Um, right. Runkeeper also felt like it had too many things going on for the low level walking that I was doing. So I was just doing map my walk or map my fitness. Um, yeah. But, it, yeah. Like elements. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got like, I mean, it's
2: if you are sort of into that more hardcore workout, like yeah. it does workout plans and social aspects and like playlist integration I think you can upgrade to get like tailored coaching yes. like yes. To your to your plan kind of thing I've also done for the lower key workout <laughs> um, this workout sort of exercise sequences mm-hmm. and I think you can upgrade to kind of get more features but there is some sort of free level of it um where sometimes I want to just know like Okay, I want to do like a quick twenty-minute kind of strength workout in the gym for this particular purpose at this particular level, and I find that their visuals and cues are like really um, well laid out. Like the interface is very user friendly and easy to follow along, and usually it has like a really good kind of start to finish plan for you to follow. Nice, so into that, yeah,
1: I like the. I mean, on a connected. like streaks also has an app called streaks workout that I like, which combines the streaks aspect to, you can say, I want to do a six minute workout, you know, just in my house using my body weight. Mm -hmm. And, and then it's like, what level, (laughs) what level of intensity or pain do you want to have during this? (laughs) And I was like, let's just do the minimal. But it was, I was like, this is a real workout in six minutes. And then you kind of feel like, Hey, I could just do it and I could do it again tomorrow. And it just kind of hooks in. And so I, you know, I kind of like the, I like that handholding that you get. That's, you know, here, here's what, here's what you have. And here's what, you know, we can recommend that you do. It's almost like a recipe. It's like, here's the ingredients in your fridge. (laughs) Here's the, here's the fitness meal that we can make for you.
2: Yeah. And I mean, another good one, if you just need like sort of a plan to follow is couch to 5k. I've tried that in the past. And the thing I like about that is it's very achievable for someone who's getting back into fitness after several years so <laughs> like the first week it's just like you know walk 400 feet and run for 15 seconds or something <laughs> like all right I can do that and like over the course of several weeks it builds you up to, until the point where you can do a couple of miles um mm-hmm. so that's another good one that really like keeps you on a specific plan if you need like that jump start um and then some other ones I mean there's others that are specific to sleep and overall well-being that we've touched on a little bit but then just for the food piece I think the two most popular are either lose it a calorie tracker where you can scan barcodes and stuff and then food educate which I find to be mostly depressing because yeah pretty much eating is bad yeah (laughs) and I was I
1: remember the first time I used like I used food educate and I was kind of like scanning stuff in the grocery store with my sister and I was like this food's a bee and she's like oh okay (laughs) Like the two of us were kind of like she's like all right let's move on to another food like but your- uh, I mean and you know my fitness pal has an upgrade that I've paid for that lets you scan barcodes as well so I kind of
0: yeah
2: I really
1: I, I emphasize did- that as a way to make it very seamless to track things.
2: Yeah, I do think that's the key. I think the seamlessness I and mean, when we talked about the ease of use as well, and then also you know when there is some kind of aspect that's going to push you along or kind of make you feel
1: good about it. Yeah. All right, so what are the things that we could kind of use to sum up what works for people or what has worked for us in terms of fitness apps? It sounds like there needs to be something that makes it easy, kind of seamless. Uh And in addition to that, um, you know, it sounds like for you, you would like something that was social about it.
2: Yeah, or some kind of connection with other people or something that kind of supplements just the tracking. Mm -hmm to feel like um, maybe just like there's a friend who's kind of doing this with me or, you know, some kind of coaching advice that's customized to my particular situation. So um, that seems to be like historically what people stick the most with as well, because it's not just a relationship between like them and their phone and them and their watch. (laughs) Like there's another layer to it. Um, And there was like recently an article in the New York Times, but like the positive, the power of positive people that, you know, draws from all of the literature that's been floating around out there about how your friends and your deeper relationships add to your longevity. You know, they really enhance kind of whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish or do. And so that's the piece of it that sometimes is missing for me when I just have the app on its own.
1: So you need a third piece or is it like, if I'm going to quote 30 Rock, the third heat, um, (laughs) which is maybe like a workout buddy like tinder where you're like i'm going to swipe on this person and we're going right. to like we're going to be buddies we're going to be partnered up or something where it's so it doesn't have to be people you exactly know but people who perhaps are in a similar situation and yeah. have the same interests or something
2: and i think the running world has done a really good job of like having clubs and meetups mm-hmm. and have kind of that aspect of there's just something you can go to and then you'll get a workout, but you're also doing it with other people. But like the fitness world is at large, not as much.
1: Yeah, I think it's tough. Cause it's, you know, I can tell, like, let's say you're like you or me, you're just trying to fit in working out and you're not going to classes somewhere. You don't have a gym. You're like, you know, so what is right. your, what is your community that you're building? And, you know, and, and so a lot of people have the same kind of, um, you know, experience where if they have kids or they're, you know, they're, they work, you know, different hours they're mostly doing things like at home or on their own so how do they connect with a larger community where it's not just competitive but it's also cooperative and yeah. communication based
2: so it totally makes sense that a lot of that would happen virtually yeah you know but we especially because we all have these devices that we take with us everywhere Um, So we've gone through quite a few options for you today if you haven't yet delved into the world of these various fitness and well-being apps. Um, Of course, there's the tried and true Fitbit, kind of Apple Watch setup with MyFitnessPal, which is like sort of the best all around, um, usually for kind of seeing everything at once. Streaks, if you want to get motivated. Um, Strava and RunKeeper, if running is more your thing. Um, Map Your Fitness or Map My Walk, if you're a little more low-key or Couch to 5K. Swork it if you really need some kind of sequence or workout to follow. Um, and then a couple of different food related apps. Um, if you really just need a separate calorie tracker mm-hmm. or something like, like lose it.
1: And I think what's our emphasis is, uh, you know, try things out um, that, you know, see what works for you. And you learn a lot about yourself more through this than anything else. The devices should, should, they, the devices should should make it you more aware of things rather than absorb you into them.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with what you were saying earlier about it being kind of more of just an awareness and then you sort of <laughs> see the picture clearly for what it is yeah. for better and work and yeah. you can make like appropriate adjustments for that. So hopefully this was helpful. Let us know if there are particular apps that you love that have really worked for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can email us at research. Um, at gmail.com or you know message us all the usual ways
1: and uh, also for those who are interested to submit specifically questions for the more you know segment um, yeah please do we are very excited to use our nerd powers of shallow research on those burning questions that uh, we often don't have time to look at otherwise and yeah thank you so much for joining us thanks everyone
0: It feels right